Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Dungeons and Junkies presents Tales of Meridian, Episode 1, Summer 1st, 1720. Hello there. I'm Alex, and if I'm doing the introduction, it means I'm back in the DMC. So, last time we were here, Tales of Autorvia came to an end. The crew finally faced down the court, faced the great evil Vantress, stopped the summoning of the god Avius and stopped the Great Collapse from happening once again. The day was saved. People were lost. But the sacrifices meant everyone else survived. But this isn't their story. Instead, we go forward 25 years and across the sea to the east. But we come upon a huge continent of all different biomes. A, for a massive forest, snowy mountains, a huge desert in the middle, with cities all around the edges. We come to a place called Meridian. Five years after the crew was able to stop Vantress in the court, team of scientists, after feeling a burst of magic, travelled out at sea, eventually finding Meridian. And over the next 20 years, the continent was colonised, cities were put up, a council was set to rule rather than having a king or a queen, and for now, the world is at peace. But with the introduction out of the way, let's continue with the story. We start on summer 1st, 1720, 25 years after the Great Collapse. As the camera hovers over the southern city of Also Pass, the bustling streets in the market, everyone celebrates summer 1st the anniversary and celebration of the event that took place 25 years ago, almost marking the end of the world if it wasn't for the hero, if it wasn't for the heroes of Autorvia, Ally, Reed, Ran and Picasso. We fly through this bustling streets and the, and the busy corners as we eventually come to a small house as the camera flies through the window. Into a beautiful kitchen, we see a human woman heading down the stairs as she walks up to the table 
and picks up a letter. It says, stay safe and be home by 11. Matt, describe the person reading this letter to us. Person reading this letter is a, a young woman um, by the name of Anya. She is about five foot eight. Uh, she's got she's got hazel coloured eyes, blonde hair tied back in a ponytail. She's got a flower um, in her hair. Um, she's wearing nice-ish clothes. You know, they're not sort of middle to working class sort of attire. She's a bard by trade, so she tends to. Like to let's like to fit in where possible, but nice enough that she can go on stage and people don't think that she's just crawled in from the street. Human, we should probably should probably add on to that. Um, human, you should also probably add on to that she is human. I, I thought of human, of course, and of course she is a human, a human bard both cases, my first time I played those characters. First human and first bust. All bust. Yeah. As Anya reads this letter, it there's just a small smile on her face as it says stay safe and be home by 11. Love, Dad. <sighs> yes, Dad. Put that in my pocket, knowing full well that I may or may not be home by this. Anya leaves the door on this beautiful evening as the sun just starts to settle over the horizon of also pass. Today is summer first, obviously known as Celebration Day. It's a regional holiday that celebrates. The, um, the day that the crew managed to save the world 25 years ago and stop it from destruction. Most places close on... Most places close today, but there's a few places that are open. But at the same time, getting a gig to do music today means... means you double your normal salary as you start to head through town. Thinking of um, the thinking of Celeste, who came by this morning to tell you that she has some big news, so that she would meet you at the Floating Island Tavern this evening, where you have your gig. Yeah, uh, I would have before I left the house. I would have made sure my panpipe was on was was on me. Got a little 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 holster. I can just like draw it out for the flourish at the end. I've got a loot, my loot on my back. Yeah, I mean, as a bard, it's kind of standard that you'd have your instruments to hand anyway. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pull that shit on you. Well, you didn't uh, tell me you didn't have your instruments. No, no, no. It's, it's more sets. Yeah, yeah. And standard. I also, on my right hip, I have my hand drum. So that way, with, as I'm strumming with my, with my, with my loot, I can strum down and bang and bang the drum. I'm going down to add percussion to the act. That's fair. 
So as you start to just make your way through town, you get the typical friendly person say hi to you as you walk through these streets, you walk past the um, Statue of the Heroes, currently being polished by someone as you can see from a little bit of damage from the recent storm that it passed through, but it's looking in pretty tip-top shape at this point. Um, is Celeste waiting outside for me? Or... As you start to make your way around through the um, town square, you turn off right down one of the alleys and you see the floated Floating Island Tavern sat with its little courtyard space. People outside already getting drunk, but she's not, she's not standing outside there. She's not. No. Hmm. Is it the time we agreed to meet? Or is it a bit earlier? Uh, just maybe a nature check. Nature check. First time. First roll of the first roll for Anya is a nature check. Uh, that is a 12 plus 3 is 15. Uh, it's. You're about on time. Maybe, maybe like a few minutes late. Hmm. I will. Uh, I'll make my way towards the tavern, looking around, see if Celeste is just like staying, you know, out of the way a little bit. It never hurts to, you know, I feel. Well, it's just your typical drunk people. You get a. You get a lot of looks. One drunk old dude gives you a walk whistle as you walk past. But no, she's not out here. One of Wolf is on me, can I turn around and uh, glare at him? <laughs> you can do if you want to. Um, maybe an intimidation check. The bard riding charisma. Um, uh, nine plus four, you know, uh, fetting. Uh, as you turn around to see who whistled at you, it's an older half orc, maybe in his sixties. He is a little very drunk. There's a little surprise in his stance as you um, turn around to, <coughs> to look at him, but he doesn't seem that fussed as he goes back to his drink. Oh, he's harmless. That's okay, he's harmless. Okay. Um, we'll continue onwards, but um, to, to the tattoo, like, just... What, and outside the tavern, is there, like, a, is there a bench or anything to sit on outside? I mean, we agreed to meet outside the tavern, didn't we? We meet inside, we say. Oh, she said me at the tavern. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to, looking, I'm going to go inside then. Okay. Um, as you walk inside, you get the typical greeting by um, Pierre, who runs this tavern. He's a... Um, he is a half-elf, probably about early 40s. He just gives he gives you a nod as he's cleaning a glass. Putting down... Putting... Just... Let me see, actually, how old are you? Yeah, 
Okay. Uh, as he sees you walking and gives you a nod, he, um, from the bottom of the counter, just sits your um, favorite drink on it as he goes off to serve another customer. Thanks. Thank you. Well, uh, I will take a sip of my drink. Realizing he didn't even offer me any money. So. As you pick up your drink and take a look around, you do see um, from the first floor upstairs, because obviously I'm going on British, so ground floor, first floor. The floor above, yeah. Yeah. On the floor above, you see um, sat next to the um, balcony, you can see Celeste, who looks like she's going through what looks like paperwork. I, f I frown slightly. And uh, with my drink in hand, I will glide towards the staircase and then make my way up to my friend. Okay. I say oh, glide. I'm just like I'm just like I'm just like trying to like not like stomp over like an orc sort of thing. Yeah. Um, as you make your way up the stairs, and she finally you, you finally manage to catch her attention. She waves you over. Um, Celeste, for reference, is a blue-skinned tiefling with long black hair, roughly two, maybe three years younger than you. Her horns are like the goat horns as they come out the side in curl up. And she's got these like quite iridescent purple eyes. Is She sees you in Ways you over to the table, using her leg to push out the stool for you. Hey Phil, you're right. Evening. Sorry, I was going to wait outside for you, but then it got so crowded, so I thought I'd better grab a table just in case. Oh god, dear god, dear god. Dear. Um, I take, I sit down on the chair that was kicked out for me. So what's up? What are you doing for the paperwork for? Oh, well, how do I talk about this? It's celebration well, day. Take a day off. Yes, yes, I know. But um, I got a letter through this morning. Um, you know, I was on about. Oh, I had a had a job application that I wanted. It's a job that could change. Well, change my whole future. Yes, we discussed this. Well, the thing is, um, I got the letter back today, and I forgot the job. You've got the job? Oh, Celeste! Go forward a hug. Yeah, she leans over, wrapping you in a hug. Yeah, the... Though there's a small catch to it. Catch? What catch? Um... It means I got to move cities. What? I'm afraid so. Um, where, where to? Up to the main capital, Teldoras. But... <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like it's all about her, but she, but she, she wasn't, which was like, what about me? 
I know, but at the, at the end of the day, it's it's a job that offer I can't turn down. It's no, I get it's for the Oasis Corporation. I'm going to be um, a. I'm going to be a um, assistant to one of the um, well heads of the organization. Uh, just for reference, you you would know what the um, Oasis Corporation is. I do. They are a um, charity that helps um, the homeless in the um, people struggling to get food and just generally helping people on the streets they're um well they're fairly well they're fairly secretive of big plans they have um they've, they've done a good job over the years when they set up their first big act was um after the battle of unork um just shy of 25 years ago they supplied um medical and food to the um tortles to help them rebuild and the CEO of the company is a um, quite a large Goliath, about nine foot tall, called um, Obadiah, who is also a member of New Atlas's council back in the Autorvian Isles. Okay. But apart from that, not else is known that much about them. Okay. Only that people only that they're a well respected charity and arguably the first ever charity of Autopia. Okay. So you know what for Oasis then? Um When do you leave, I guess? Is a question I need to ask? Um, well, as it happens, a bit of a change in plans, that's why I've came to give you the news today. It was meant to be a week from now, but I'm moving in a few days. Is I'm actually meeting my boss this evening. He's coming to also pass. Right. We can still hang out tomorrow. I've done all my packing, so that's out of the way. Did you pack in case you got the job then? No, it, it, I packed. I packed this morning when I got the letter. To be honest, I've only I've only got a room to pack. So um, you could have told me this earlier when you came to the house. I know. I just. I guess I just needed some of the courage to tell you. Um, look, Celeste up and down very slightly, and uh, and smile. You always were. What's the word looking for here? You're always thoughtful of how to put things. We're thinking of other people first of us. No wonder you want to go out for Oasis. I can't blame you for that. 
if we've got tonight and tomorrow to drink. Absolutely. But do me a favour. Put the paperwork away. You don't need to do that tonight. Do that when you move to your job. Okay? Let's have some fun. Yeah, we're not sure. Pack away the paperwork. You're on stage in a minute, aren't you? As she packs away her paperwork, giving you a smile, uh, she looks back up to you. You're on stage in a minute, aren't you? Um, yeah. I, I am, yeah. Um, strange, the song I've picked for tonight is kind of appropriate as well. Given what you, what you just told me. Well, here's the plan, I propose. Um, I've got to meet my boss kind of soon, so listen to the first song. Go have a quick introduction with him, and then I'll head back and we get absolutely wasted this evening. What do you say? You're buying. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to... I look over over the uh, balcony downstairs, see if it's my turn yet. Yeah, the stage does start to clear as um, the half open the bar looks up to you. Right, lass? Stage is all ready for you. That's Anya to you, not lass. Okay? All right, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Okay. I will... Uh, get up from my seats, I'll finish my drink and then head for the stairs, sliding down one of Anna's on the way down. Just one. Full effect. You know you're going to have to make me an acrobatics check, Willis. But that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, 13 plus 4 is 17. <laughs> it's a bit like risky, but you make it down right without falling off the side. It's the last one. It's the last one. So literally, I walk down and hop on the bottom and just fuck the bottom. Yeah. No accidents yet. Because hmm. I don't like to... Obviously, this is a the showman, but uh, she's not completely stupid. She knows not to hurt herself before she gets on stage. And she makes her walk to the stage. Yeah, the um, group go, the people go quiet as, um, what, what are you playing? Is that you asking me, or is that what the bar was asking? Uh, no, just you in general, what, what is on you playing us? Is you playing... I'm just going to play her lute, um, and she is going to sing, and, um, well, she goes, she's going to use what she's going to sing on stage. So. She walks up to the stage. First song I'm going to sing tonight is a song inspired by the heroes of Autoria, but sort of fitting for a friend of mine as well. A song brought to this these by Quinton. 
this is his to us. Written by um a Mr. R. Costobel, I think. Okay. Someone someone in the crowd shouts Mr. Harry Tospot as there's a small chuckle through the crowd. At which point Anya um starts to strum her lute. Josh, you want me to sing this? Because I will. No, I was, I was probably about to this evening. Just make me a um, performance check. You can have advantage on it. Okay, I get a, I get a plus seven to performance. Ah, level three. No time to be. It is my heart. It is my It's like, I took proficiency in that because bard. Okay. Well, thanks for the advantage. The... I've got, got a nat 1 on the gold EGX dice, so that's rubbish. I've got a 10, so 17 on him. Oh, that would have been my first song of the evening. And then the strings just snap. <laughs> yeah, as you begin to play through the evening, the, the crowd is fairly entertained. Celeste listens throughout the first song before giving you a wave as you start the second and heads out of the tavern for the evening as you begin to play and the camera follows her out the tavern so as the um as the hours go by and the camera pans out of the tavern it goes across the um busy city as the um sun starts to dip down and the sky goes orange ever so slightly um it comes down towards this shop on one of the back streets just off the um city square it comes to a small it come the camera comes down to a um small shop known as the happy dragon apothecary as it zooms through the window, you see a um, Ganassi. Sorry, it's a Ganassi with chat. We see a Ganassi walk up to the front door as they click the lock in, turn the um, card on the door to say closed for the day. Um, Harry, describe to us this character. So as said, there is a Ganassi. An air ganassi, to be more exact, standing at around five foot four. And they've got the usual sky blue skin, but this one's covered in tons and tons of tiny white freckles, almost like a starry sky. And they've got jaw-length white hair, which curls out at the edges. And as is probably uniform with air ganassis, they're not sure they've never actually met another one. It looks constantly windswept. Fuck, I hate describing characters. That's what she wants. But at this moment, they're just wearing a long navy blue dress, little brown boots, and they've got round circular glasses behind which are a pair of enormous iridescent eyes in different shades of turquoise and blue and pink. 
They seem to reflect almost every bit of light in the room, as they have to step down from their tiny little step ladder that they use to reach the closed sign. Right, well, that's another day done. As you say that, a um, small dragon-like creature flies off one of the shelves, landing on your shoulder as he wraps himself round. Um, describe, describe what lands on your shoulders. This is untraditionally a fey dragon. And I say untraditionally for the fact, honestly, it looks more like a small cat slash moth hybrid. It's covered in soft, velvety soft white fur. And at the end, it's got little blue clawed paws. As it just lays there, it blinks its enormous blue eyes. But these eyes are a much darker blue, more of a stormy blue. And they match the insides of its longish fuzzy ears, which are black tipped. And on its back are a pair of wings that resemble moth wings in different shades of blue. It's about 18 inches long from snoop to tail tip. And it just wraps itself around the Skanasi's neck like a little fuzzy scarf. tries to chew at their hair a little bit before it's gently bopped on the snoot. As you bop on the snoot, it's <laughs> he has a quick little shudder and nestles into your shoulder a bit more. I told you you can't eat hair, you'll end up with a hairball. <laughs> You're that hungry, I'll find you something to eat. You, um, you make your way through the shop, grabbing from sweeping underneath the counter in, go into one of the cupboards behind next to um, rows of magical items, popping open the cupboard where you see um, different selections of um, animal food. And a small bowl for a creature his size. It's a small blue bowl. There seems to be a theme going on here, covered in paw prints. It was clearly designed for a cat. And in neat cursive writing along the edge, it says Cicero. And I'll start filling it with what looks like cat meat. It has the same colour and consistency and slightly dodgy smell that wet food for cats has. you start to pull the food there's just a thump 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 on your shoulder as his um, tail starts to um, wag a bit right let me take a few more seconds and I'll finish porking out this little well they know his name now Cicero's food and I'll set it on the counter as you say on the counter he um uh, leaps off your shoulder, eagerly about to eat before he looks back, waiting for your permission. Like, tense is all anything to just lunge at the bowl. Go on then. As you say go on then, he, he practically lunges forward and starts inhaling his food, not really chewing it as he just straight up swallows everything. Very enthusiastically. <sighs> well, as long as I'm not cleaning this up in a while you begin to walk away and walk, to, walk to where the um, tillage you hear 
as he um, chokes a little bit before he shakes his head and continues eating. Where, um, by the till, you see a um, halfling sorting out um, the coins. They, she's, um, she's an older-looking halfling. Actually, do you want to describe her? This is an older halfling woman. About three foot tall. And she's got salt and pepper hair. It's tied back in a bun. And a dress that's clearly been taken up from possibly a child's dress. As the stitching on it's quite, well, childish. But it's been taken up at the sleeve so that it fits her. And the hem's been taken up. And over the top of that, she's wearing an apron. And the pocket's bulging, probably with various trinkets and items. And sticking out the side is a long wooden spoon. As um, this halfling continues to count the money, she um, puts it all in his sacks. That's <sighs> where not enough people can respect magic items these days, honestly. Um, uh, never mind, it's celebration day. Well, I don't... What are, what are we even opening up for, honestly? Well, because we have food to pay for. We have we have a lot. We have people who insisted they need the, their items on this very day, rather than waiting until tomorrow. Yeah, tell me about it. Mayor Demetrius is just keeping racking up all the prices in the rent. It's just, oh, God, that man is awful. That man is just awful, honestly. And then the missing people, he's not even looking into that. This, don't get me wrong, this place is great and I, I love it here really, but ah, it'd be nice to move out here. Maybe go go live somewhere in the Isles of Voltovia, honestly. I always thought you wanted to be here. I do, but I'm, I'm not getting any younger here. I'm no spring chicken like you, but... I don't know. I guess I'm just having an off day. Ignore me, Asriel. Question for the DM. Was I meant to introduce my character's name or was you meant to do it? Um, it's up It's up to you. What, what would you prefer? I don't know. I just don't know if you... I didn't know if you were saving their names until later because then I was going to be like, you just told them their character's name. If that was the case, yeah. I wasn't really saving them. Obviously, I'm not going to have you. I'm not going in when we start on Tuesday. I'm not going to do an introduction. I'm just going to take it off from where these um these shorts left off. Oh. So no one's going to know each other's name. Fair enough. I'll leave the um I'll leave the players <coughs> to introduce their own names. Alright, try not to choke again. Maybe I should get a second job then. No, 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 you work enough hours, honestly. I, I appreciate the help with my back. Oh. Maybe you should go sit down, Grandma. Yeah, I'll go sit down in a minute. I just gotta finish counting up the monies. 57 gold. I can play a little bit, but 57 gold's not that bad for half a day's work. 
I think I might just I might go out and see if um, Georgie Sandler's Toss Couple Red wine bottles because oh, they mm. they are fantastic. Mm. Oh, and before I forget, obviously end of the month. So here's your um, coin purse. Is she puts down a um, coin purse of twenty gold? Okay. So add that to my sheet. Thank you. I'll mention it. As she um, finishes putting them, packing away the last of the money underneath the table, she goes, God bless it, for God damn it. As she pulls out a um, small black box. God damn it. This Look, I know we're closing early, but... Um, Azriel, could you be your sweetheart and deliver this to um, Pierre down down the road? You, you know the float, you know the float in Ireland, in where we go for dinner every now and then. He's he's a great man. You, you can't fault him. I forgot to deliver this to him this morning. Okay, I'll get on that now. Azriel grabs the messenger bag, which always hangs up by the door, and goes fitting the delivery in. Um. No, don't worry about coming back. Just make sure you're back by sundown, all right? Don't. I I'll finish locking up. Just make sure. Just make sure you're home before it gets dark, all right? Come on, seventeen. Yeah, I know, but I worry. There's a lot of bad people out there, and with. I mean, another a young woman went missing yesterday, and the these past like twenty odd days, six people have gone missing. So it. You know I worry. All right, I'll be careful. You greedy little shit. Finish your food and go help her. As he looks up, grabs the last bit of food and flutters over onto your shoulder. All right. Well, I'll see you later. And Azrael's gonna kiss the top of her grandma's head. Their grandma's head. All right. Come on, fat boy. Let's get out of here. Is he? As he makes a happy little chirp as you um, head out the door. You make your way through town and it's really busy. Um, you cut through the um, town square where you see um, the statue of the heroes of Autorvia standing tall and proud with a secondary statue next to them of um, the other hero who gave their life being Lauren Dalton that on that day. Azrael tends to run everywhere, and every time they pass a statue, they try to pick up speed just so they can jump high enough to boop the knoll on the nose. Yeah. Um, it's a, the knoll statue is the tallest, like from um from like the the stand where it has the plaque on it to the knoll's head. The statue's a good eight foot tall as you use the bench to help you with a leap as you boop the um, knoll on the nose. This is distant and the camera pans all the way over to Autorvia, a year across the sea as a knoll reading the paper just looks up. As you, as you land in... As you um, land in, make, make your way through the town square, you um, cut around the people, turn right, 
Be, being the height you are, it's fairly easy to squeeze around people. As you go through the back alley and come across the floating island inn. It's, it's fairly quiet this time. Obviously, being uh, only being a half day. Um, a lot of people are already drunk, but a lot of people are already heading to the next taverns that are open for longer today. Azrael screeches to a halt in front. Right. Get this done. And they'll push open the door. As you push open the door, you um, see... You see most people leaving, finishing up their last drinks, apart from the people who've rented rooms here for the evening as they continue to enjoy their drinks and early um, dinners. A, um, you see Pierre behind the counter talking to a um, young, young blonde-haired human woman. He, um, Pierre is a half-elf, started starting to grey a bit, fairly tall, like six foot tall, as his hair is tied back into a bun, starting to grey around the edges. He, um, sees you come through the door. Ah, uh, give me a second, Anya. Ah, Azriel, I take it that package is for me? Uh, of course. And they will take it out, put it on the counter. I, um, he pops two silver pieces on the, um, counter. <laughs> for your um service. Thank you. I've been after this warden for ages, but they take so long to come in. Yes. Er- everything's just a little packed up right now. It's Especially it's wardens. making everything awkward. Yeah, you, these these wardens are starting out fast enough, but someone keeps robbing the shop, so I gotta make gotta make sure that's not gonna happen again with this baby. That's definitely gonna be the case. How's your grandma, by the way? Yes. And the Ganassi's smile falters for just a second. Is she fine? Ah, good. Oh, before I forget, um, he um, goes behind the counter and grabs a um, small, like, 100ml ball of a um, golden bubbly liquid. I've been saving this for next time she comes round, but I haven't seen you guys since um, the middle of spring, so as he puts on. That is a rare alcohol that she's well into, but I haven't seen her to give it to her. So, yeah, just make sure you don't drink it off so you're underage. I don't want you drinking alcohol. Yes, sir. She says as she pops it. They say as they pop it in their bag. Right. Better get back to work. <laughs> no rest for the wicked. And as he um turn, turns round, at this point you hear from just outside the door, a scream of a woman. Azrael hesitates before going outside. Because they've always been told, if there's danger, go in the opposite direction. So could I look through the nearest window? Okay, but ten minutes before this, the camera comes out of the tavern and across the street and up into the sky as it goes over the um, city walls and down the road. And walking up to the gates, we find a gan- is it Do you pronounce it Ganassi or Ganassi? Potato, potato, whichever you feel. I think I say Ganassi more often. Walking up the road is a Ganassi. So, Chad, 
describe this character. Uh, what you see walking up the road with, first of all, the first thing you notice is the resplendent black uh, walking cane that is being used, not like being leaned on at all, but just being used by a 5'11", uh, very taut, uh, not muscular, but just long and angular Earth Ganassi, uh, today wearing a resplendent uh, olive dark green suit with a white undershirt and a black uh, vest under it for his three-piece suit with a matching green tie. Uh, he is completely bald. His skin is actually the look of a polished uh, hibonite, which is a meteorite stone. So it's it's a gunmetal gray through most of it, but there are veins of blues and greens that course throughout his whole body. There's some through his face and down his hands and everything like that. And you see that his uh, eyes are a warm but a piercing violet as they flick about back and forth down the street. But you see this man walking very confidently down the road as Amadeus Balatza Kamata just acts like he owns the place because, folks, he does. And he's a good guy. So he has a right to be, you know, a little bit cocky at times. He helps a lot of people. So, and he does, as he continues to walk in, as he continues to walk down the road, he comes up to the gate. You um, see this tall, you see these tall walls, maybe about 12 feet high, as the city stands up. Sorry, I'll re-describe that. And as you come over the hill, you see this huge city, a bit smaller than the main capital, but it's still pretty significant in size, though a l little lower class looking, as you could see all the um, farms in crop fields near the city, and much heavier, a much heavier amount of people is. In the distance, you can see people of all kinds just going about their day, busy as ever. You see Amadeus on the top of this hill, the sunshine kind of glistening off the flex and the polished gemstone of his bald head and everything like that. You see he is also wearing a pair of sunglasses at this moment and he does remove the sunglasses as he looks down upon all the people working and a smile crosses his face as he kind of holds the walking cane and like he throws in the air and catches it halfway and it is going to be a good time. I am very excited to visit this new place. As you, with stride, you head into the city. It, it's a it's a fairly beautiful city. Obviously, being summer first is celebration day, so there's a lot more people just going about their daily business and doing whatever they see fit. As a lot of businesses do close on these day on this day specifically, because obviously. 25 years ago was the day where the heroes of Portovia did save the world. So as you squeeze past the people and make your way near the town square, um, to, to your left you see the um, town square where the statues are. Um, 
But to your right hand side, against one of the um, walls, you do see um, two beggars in rags, just begging for money as people seem to walk by him. The odd person drops a coin, but they seem to just deflate as the world goes past them. Uh, Amadeus, seeing these two, would immediately stride across the street, regardless of any traffic or any things of that nature, making his way straight to these two. And uh, can I get a better look at both of them? Sound much different because I just realized I didn't have my mic plugged in. Oh, sounds a little different now. Oh. There, we'll be fine. It doesn't even work. If anything, you're a little quieter now. Alright, okay. Um, as you um, walk up to these two, they seem to be enveloped in conversation with each other. They're, um, one of them is bold headed and. Um, bit roughed up, wearing um, brown rags, mostly. Mostly once noble-looking clothes, really, that have just weared away in the rough, humid street nights. And the other guy um, sat next to him, a little bit taller, quite long, shaggy hair, a bit curly, if anything, and a um, beard that is pretty close to being around the chest area as he wears um, white stained rags that look a little less that look a little less older so maybe he's been on the street for less time but they seem to enjoy their conversation if seeming a little sad in the eyes uh, Amadeus would step right up to the two of them and gentlemen, gentlemen, please please raise your heads my name is Amadeus Balazzo Kamata. I am a worker of the Oasis Corporation, and I cannot stand to see any people in need like this. Please, please. And Amadeus will reach into one of his pockets and pull out a small satchel of gold coins. Here, here is 10 gold coins. Get yourselves a good meal and cleaned up. And then also, and if by magic he produces a card in his hand, uh, a business card that just is, all it says on the front is Oasis Corporation. It's all black business card with just Oasis Corporation in white lettering. And then on the back, it just says Amadeus Palazzo Kamata. And here, please take this. If you take this card and you come to our headquarters, we will make sure you are clothed, cleaned, and we will try our best to find adequate housing and work for you. Just make me a persuasion check. You can have advantage on it, though. Because of the coins. Uh, with advantage, that is a... 21. 21. The, um... The taller, the taller, more muscular one with the long hair. He, um... He takes the um, coin purse and sits down as he looks over the card and flips it. Thank you, sir. I, I, I don't know what to say. Neither of us do. Yes, thank you so much. You, oh, I don't know. This means so much to us. Oh, do not thank me. 
what these people and Amadeus will turn kind of making a grand gesture like spreading his arms out and speaking more loudly what is really wrong with this world is the fact that so many of you people could walk by these two men and do nothing to help them the Oasis Corporation will not stand for things like this this is why the Oasis Corporation has come to Meridian to help the world and to show you people the errors of your ways these two men just need some help and you all just walked by them like garbage shame shame on all of you you definitely get a few people look at you but most of them do continue just to walk by some just ignoring but you can tell that some people who heard it seem offended if not angered Uh, Amadeus will turn back to the two men. Please, sirs, your names. Um, the bald-headed one lifts his hand first. Um, I'm Franklin. And the other guy, the taller one of the two, I am um, Benjamin. Honestly, I, I don't know how to thank you enough. Franklin. Benjamin. Please, just... Live a good life, and please do come to the Oasis Corporation. We will help you out. Do not even think that you need to pay us back in any way at all. This is all just for the good of mankind. And Amadeus will reach into his vest pocket and pull out his gold pocket watch and flick it open. But, my gentlemen, I do apologize. I do have an outstanding meeting that I must attend. And snapping the watch closed and replacing it into his vest pocket. But please, I do hope to see you both soon at the Oasis Corporation. Oh, you will, absolutely. Thank you again. As they um, grab grab the um, coin purse and what belongings they do have in, make their way off. Um, the bigger one of the two uh, Franklin gives you a wave as he continues. And Amadeus will give a smile towards the two walking off before turning on his heel and heading back towards... You know, he doesn't really actually have a meeting at this time, but he just wanted those two to go enjoy the time that they had. So he just wanted to send them on their way. So he'd kind of just look about and knowing that this is the celebration time would probably try and make his way towards the best and finest restaurant that would be in the area to get himself a nice drink before you know proceeding with his day uh, as you make your way around you ask a um few you ask a few people and they point you to a couple of places nothing really seems to stick out as um you continue to walk along and you, as you come around the corner, you bump straight into a um, blue-skinned tiefling woman, about five-five, well, pretty young, with her with like long black hair that's been tied back. Is she bumps into you and takes a back? Oh, I'm so sorry. Just just ignore me. That wasn't paying attention. My dear, no need for apologies at all. You clearly were just taking in the beautiful sights of the city. 
You you don't look like you're from around. Excuse my forwardness, but you don't look like you're around around here, around from here. You, well, <laughs> the clothing for a star. Ah uh, yes, no, I am. This is my first time in this city, so yes, you do have a sharp eye, and you have deduced that I am a tourist, if you will. Right, I've got a meeting. I've got a meeting to get to. I got a new job, which is got a new job, which is really cool. I've been though the um the letter I got from the Oasis Corp didn't say where I needed to meet him. He just said he would turn up today, so got to go get ready, I guess. My dear, have you ever heard of the concept of fate? It takes for a second to click. Wait, are, are you um, Amadeus? Once again, through sleight of hand, another business card just appears in Amadeus's hand before he hands it to... My dear, what was your name again? Um, Celeste Elmon. Um, I was... I set, I applied a while back and I got a letter from Obadiah last week saying, oh, sorry, Mr. Armstrong last week saying that I got the job in. I was to um, meet a. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to ask you to pronounce the surname again. Cometa, dear. Cometa. I was told I have to meet uh, Mr. Cometa in town today. Please, dear. Mr. Cometa was my father. I am Amadeus. And yes, I am your new boss, and you are my new assistant. And I look forward to all of the wonderful things that we can do together. And first job is I have recruited two gentlemen today, and I hope that you could follow up with a Benjamin and a Franklin. They will be reporting to the headquarters and I would like you to make sure that they are taken care of very well, especially Benjamin. He seems to have some potential, I do believe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my bags are packed and I am catching the boat over tomorrow. Um, though, oh, though um, Mr. Armstrong did include this in the um, process. He asked me to hand this to you and told you to take it easy. But... Um, I will I will finish packing and I will be on the boat and meet you in Todoras when you're ready. And I will make sure that Benjamin and Franklin receive the best care possible. Celeste, you are wonderful. And I cannot wait to work with you going forward. She sort of like holds out her hand to shake yours. Yes, <laughs> I, I look very forward to this opportunity that I've been given. Uh, Amadeus shakes her hand for a second before turning it and kissing her hand just right on the uh, knuckles very quickly. Celeste, it is will be my pleasure, and I look forward to your future in the Oasis Corporation. Uh, that letter was for you from Mr. Armstrong, but I will get packing and I will see you in Teldoras when you arrive. She gives you a... Um, she gives you a quick um, curtsy and makes her heads back home. Um, 
before I forget, um, if you're staying the evening, um, the Floating Island Inn is one of the best places in town. It's just where I've come from because my friend's performing there tonight. Had to give her the news. Celeste, you have already done your job better than I could have ever helped or hoped for. I will definitely check out the floating island inn. But on your way, please, get packed, and I cannot wait to start our new journey together. Here's you on last. No, it's not. You can, you can tell while she is confident there's definitely a nervousness in it. Maybe it's new job jitters, as she did muddle up her words a bit, but she seems pretty professional as she makes her way down. As she makes her way uh, away, uh, quick as a whip, I produce a dagger from a small uh, waistband to slit this letter open and open this letter from Obadiah. Um, and, and Obadiah's like phenomenally neat handwriting, despite the fact he is a pretty sizable Goliath. He, his handwriting etiquette is just next level as you go through the letter and it it says basically um your work i've had recent reports of your work in meridian and i'm impressed with the results you want once you have met with your um new assistant hopefully she in um brackets is that hopefully she is up to standard please please enjoy some time off and enjoy the sights of also pass. After all, you do deserve it. Mr. Obadiah Armstrong. Once again, uh, a very wide smile crosses Amadeus's face. A very bright white kind of toothy smile that kind of really it stands out even more because of his gunmetal, like, polished gemstone skin. How bright this smile is. It almost looks like his teeth are also like polished pearls. They're so bright. And he smiles as he refolds the letter and he places it into an inner breast pocket of his jacket before he begins to whistle a little tune and kind of strut down the road looking for the floating island inn. As you start to um, make your um, way down there, down the road, you ask a few people and you see a couple signs as you go through the... Um, main square and see the um, statues of um, the heroes of Vortovia and including a secondary statue of Lauren Dalton who also gave her life to help save this world. As you think, pass through there in... Oh, I was going to say, I think Amadeus would stop at the statues real quick and as he would, he would give a quick bow to them and go... The Oasis Corporation thanks you for everything that you did to help with our growth in this wonderful region. Your sacrifices will never go unnoticed with the Oasis Corporation. Before once again giving a smile and kind of just a tip of the cap, even though he's not wearing a hat today, but just to these statues before he would proceed on. As you um, give your thanks and continue to head down the road, you um, think you you see one last sign saying the floating island in with an arrow pointed to the right. And as you turn right to 
go down the road, you hear down the um, alleyway that you're heading the scream of a woman. Amadeus, hearing that scream, would definitely move quickly to find out what's going on. Meanwhile, the camera pans away from the excitement through that area as we go back across the city into the edge of the wall coming in from the road we find an Azamar walking up to the city of also pass and lastly but not least caitlin describe to us your character well i am playing nathaniel aegis who is a Azamar, obviously, but he's also a ranger. So he very much looks like he has been on the road. He's scruffy, he's kind of looks a little bit sunburnt, kind of dusty sand. Like he's clearly come from like the desert area rather than the woods. And has a big ass longbow kind of sticking out his back with a little feather at the top. Which you don't notice at first because you're like, wait, is that part of his wings or is that part of his whole deal? We've kind of reworked. We fiddled a little bit with the protector Azamar race because it's dumb that every other type of Azamar can fly normally. But protectors can't. <laughs> so I can fly for a proficiency bonus worth of hours. So two hours. So his wings haven't really fully developed yet, but they're a... I kind of describe them as like a metal gun silver. Kind of the thing you'd see on like a... I don't know, the standard pistol you see with like police films. With kind of the silver grey top. Oh, nice. They're not wow. very big yet. They're not full wingspan yet, which is why he's limited to less time in the air but he does look he looks done and that if one more wild animal jumps out at him he's going to lose it <laughs> he has well i describe it as like quite an army trim in his hair like he has black hair but it's almost we'd call it a number two shave so it's kind of to anyone else just kind of looks like stub stubble he's dark tanned he's six foot four my boy is tall like azamars tend to be between like five and seven foot but the main thing that would get anyone is the intelligence in his emerald eyes that genuinely is kind of sinister so he's a chaotic good, so you know, my boy is here, and he's 87. <laughs> I'm so old. It's my baby. Yeah, so as he makes his way into the city, you are greeted with a whole lot of noise and a whole lot of people on a clean yet kind of grubby area of the city as it's obviously clear that um t today is a the national holiday uh, 
being summer first, it is the 25th anniversary of when the heroes of Autorvia was able to stop the next great collapse. As you find yourself in the city of Olso Pass. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid holiday. Well, in a slightly deeper voice. Stupid holiday. <laughs> Is the route to, like, the markets and things still fairly calm, or is it absolutely heaving? It's absolutely heaving everywhere okay. you look, just in all... It's, it's a fairly wide city, like, all the streets are wide. They, they're easily, like, 30-foot wide streets as you see big openings. It's... it's the best way to describe this city is... They try, it's a city that they try to make look grand, being the busy, while it's not the capital city of Meridian, it's the busiest city. So they try to make it as grand as it can be, but deep down we all know it's quite rough in most of the areas. So while everything looks beautiful and pristine, you can spot the like you can you can spot all you can spot holes in the pristineness of this place if that makes sense yeah I thought your kind of size and kind of rolling his shoulders a bit and his wings kind of flick out a little bit will kind of stride in and make his way to the slightly more seedy parts where he knows, like, the good Fletcher for arrows and things are. Versus the ones that, especially with this festival on, the rip-off crappy ones will be everywhere. So he's going to go for old Reliable because he used up a lot of his stocks outside. Okay, uh, make me an investigation check. You, you know what you're looking for when it comes to your weaponry and your arrows and stuff. So give me, give me a roll of advantage. Okay. Uh, the highest of those is a eighteen. Eighteen, nice. Uh, it, it takes a while. Most most of the reason it takes a while is because it's mostly a case of squeezing past everyone is the streets are fairly crowded in as it does as the sun does start to settle in the sky goes slightly orange the fair a fair share of drunk people definitely start to crowd up the streets as you smell alcohol from every direction but you do eventually find some buildings that are open as well as like a um archery shot which in this day and age is getting quite hard as firearms have reached like an almighty popularity by this point but there is still a few places here and there that you know do sell old archery equipment like longbows quivers some arrows elemental arrows 
as you come upon this shop that says um, Bonsley's Golden Archery. Hmm. Alright. Dodging another drunk person who probably wants to try and give Nathaniel a hug or something. Because drunk people are weird. Kind of duck under the door frame slightly. He does that by instinct now because most places he goes is the moment you hit six foot, you're through the ceiling. Yeah. But people are still fairly short in this day and age, unless they're like Goliaths or half orcs. A lot of races are still fairly short and under six feet. So you duck through the doorways, the little bell that touch of the door chimes. A um a little halfling hops up onto the um counter. Oh hello! Didn't expect to see anyone today. How are you? Oh my god, you're tall. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. Excuse me, where's my manners? I'm Bonsley and I'm one of the last few Fletchers in the city. How can I help you today? Nathaniel Aegis, I'm I'm from one of the hunter tribes in the forest. Alright, we don't see that very often here. Well, you know, especially in at this festival, it's a bit busy for my kind. Yeah, it's no one appreciate, no one appreciates archery. I mean, you're my first customer today. I, I really? wasn't even yeah. honestly. I was tempted to lock up early, but I thought someone might turn up eventually. I mean, I've just got back from a hunt, but I thought that, you know, even even tourists and things might find, and know, they seem to find a lot of novelty in bows. Ooh, I have a rifle. Ooh. Yeah, they all go to bitchy Becky's because she sells them really cheap now, but it's all hollowed out crap. Yeah, and they don't know to check. No, uh, he kind of slings his longbow further round. So, I've got plenty of stuff for kind of my shorter range stuff, but I don't know, my last he kind of pulls out a few arrows and goes last beast I tussled with took the fletching off a couple of these. So they don't fly right. And in your professional opinion, Easier to refletch them, or easier to just go fuck it and get new arrows? Let me roll this decision. Honestly, with the prices of everything, as less people are making them and they're importing them, it is honestly cheaper just to buy new arrows. Yeah. So it's the problem. But I've got a fine selection at the moment. we got elemental arrows as well. If you're if you're interested, uh, one sec, Caitlin's going to check something on my character sheet. He's just trying to remember which type of beast, like what favored enemy I'd gone for. <laughs> I went for humanoids because people keep raising the dead and shit, and it's very annoying. <laughs> Magic is more popular than it's ever been in Autovia. Yeah. I mean, I'll have a look at any fire-based ones you have. A lot of 
a lot of the raiders and things keep stashing, keep using gunpowder, but they don't protect their reserves. So yeah, it's, it's a like, solid choice. Big explosion. I mean, depending on how long you're in town for, I can put a tab on for you. One, if the, I mean, there's plenty of work going around the city, mostly rounded up drunks, and then obviously, I don't know if the mayor's ever going to pull his finger out, but people that keep going missing. He hasn't started an investigation about that, but I think that's going to be pretty soon. They'll pay you well. I mean, if he needs someone tracked, or if he needs a beast hunted, then potentially I can offer my services, but I'm not really a social investigator type. Yeah, the guards won't investigate it. Over the last, like, ten odd days, I think six people have gone missing. But it's like, they say that, according to the guards, there's no evidence of people disappearing and no traces are left behind. No signs of fights, no tracks, nothing. That just sounds like teleportation or portals. Hmm. You'd think one of them would think to look for those signs, because... They tend to leave, like, a residue behind. But... Oh, you've got me talking about work now. <laughs> uh, we're trying to... Hey, I mean, when you're working on Celebration Day, you might as well talk about work in general. That's fair. Uh, I'll, have, I'll have a think about elementals, but... Can I grab about a quiver full of your longbow arrows? Just the standard. Okay. Uh, just feel free to grab, grab them on the, off the shelf and I'll unpress it off here. Nathaniel kind of digs around in this thing and honestly with the amount of care he's giving his arrows you'd think they were his children. <laughs> My boy is very dedicated to his craft. As like... you, as you pick these up and examine them, they are like excellent craftsmanship. Just every detail, it, every detail is just perfect. Well, you know, eighty odd years in a in a tribe of specifically hunters, you get very good at what you're doing. Kind of takes the ones. I say there's like eight that are eight out of a quiver of twenty that the fletching has been like fucked with, either completely ripped off by a bad landing or just askew. And once you get the feathers out of sync, it's almost impossible to get them back. He kind of switches them out and lays them for the halfling. How many are you grabbing? Just so I can make that. Eight. Eight. Okay. So I'll do that. Take a while. You're my first customer of the day, and honestly, you're you're the first customer I've had in a while that hasn't been a total bitch. So, silver piece. We'll run that bit of silver piece. Done. Kind of ping of a silver piece. Thank you. And enjoy. I hope that finds you some good kills. Yeah, me too. Uh, you're welcome to reuse the materials in these old ones if you want. I know it's hard to get decent wood, 
especially now. So. Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. For that, I'll give you a discount next time you're in. Hey, if anyone in anyone in my community asks where I got the arrows, I'll be sure to send them your way. Eventually. I'll, I'll make a note of that. Where do you think where do you think's best to try and stay in the middle of this clusterfuck of a festival? Mm. The Florida Nagalan Inn's pretty good. It's it's a little pricier than the rest, but no one really stays no one really stays there because it is a bit more expensive than staying in other places or on park benches like most people do on celebration day because they get so drunk they have no idea where their houses are. Yeah, but I'd like not to get mugged in the night. That's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, if you go out here, um, turn left and walk through the main square, then turn off second right and down a, s- a small alleyway, you'll see the floating island in. Awesome. Well, I mean, it's celebration evening, so if you don't think you're going to have any more customers, have a night to yourself. Why not? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. I'm gonna lock up shop hardly, I think. And slings his bow and quiver back into place. And we're kind of... He gives like a little dip, like bow of respect. Because to his people, anyone who is clearly an expert at their crafts deserves kind of the respect you would give to a master. Kind of dip. And we'll duck out the doorway. It's caught a bit off guard by the dev, but copies that copies you as you walk out the door and head back into the busy city as the silence from the shop ends and the loud echo in chatting in all different directions starts again. And I will go to the floating island. It, it, it takes a little while as you cross past through the street. So as you walk through the main square, you do see the um, statue that um, stands tall, as well as um, the statue of Lauren Dalton next to them that has um, in memory of written on the bottom of it a set of flowers laid by the statues. As you continue to make your way through the city, um, can you just make a perception check quickly? Yes. I can. Plus five. Twelve plus five is seventeen. Seventeen. That beats a five. As you, um, (laughs) as you continue to walk through the city, you, um, you feel something sticky on your boot as you take a step back and look down at the ground and notice a trail of blood. Not major, but it's more than average. I kind of bend down and I kind of dip my finger in it to see if it's still warm. It's... It's getting close to being cold, but there's still a warmth to it. It's... From what you're gathering, it's fairly fresh. Mm. 
less than 10 minutes. Uh, probably shouldn't ignore this. Where does the trail lead? It leads in two directions. Either is an alley that you can see has sharp right turns. It goes in both directions. Clearly, they've ran in one of these directions, through one alley and out the other, into the other. Kind of with a hand on the short sword on the other side of his belt. Because, I mean, alleys is very much where you get mugged. I just kind of look around to see if... Well, just to see if they left anything. Looking around, there's nothing of note that's been left. And does the blood trail look like it's lessening as it goes, or...? Staying the same. It's pretty consistent. That's a fairly deep wound, then. Or a head wound. Those two are the type that bleed consistently. Fun facts! <laughs> I'm just kind of sighed. I'm like, well, let's keep following this. You... Are you following the trail down the left or the right? Well, does it does the trail go both ways or does it? Yeah, it go it goes through both alleyways. Eh. I'll go to the right. Why not? As you follow this trail down to the right, the street. You can tell the um, event is, the events and the festivities are more closer to the centre of town is, it goes eerily quiet in this area as you go around the corner and you um, see three people. Uh, you see a woman sat down on a um, bench who seems to be out cold, a massive bite wound in her right arm as a um you see two people next to her one seems to be a um nobleman about 511 maybe middle 30s middle in in his 30s wearing a um sharp olive green suit with uh, wearing an olive green suit with black trousers in a rapier at his side it, with um curly blonde hair as he sees you and next to him seeming to bandage up the arm is a um is a um young half elf wearing a um holy symbol round their neck as they seem to hover over the hand with a um radiant glow as the wound slowly starts to knit itself shut the um no woman sees you Excuse me, are you busy? As he runs up to you, a little distressed. Not particularly. I was following this trail to check if the person at the other end was alright. Yeah, um, we, 
we've managed to get her some help. Um, though there's important. So, she was attacked by these mon- shadow monsters that came out the ground. Apparently, I'm off to deal with them now before they can hurt anyone else. I, I see your weaponry. Would you be able to assist me? I know it's rather forward, but I would pay you, obviously. I mean, hunting beasts is very much in my job description, so as long as you're content your friend's in good hands, I can leave with you in good conscience. The um, half-elf turns round with a um, sincere, um, a sincere appreciative smile. She'll be fine. I'm almost done healing the wound, and I'll wait with her till she wakes up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll sit... I'll come back and make sure she's all right in a bit. I'll see you two momentarily. Um, sorry for the forwardness. I'm Edmund, by the way. Nathaniel. As he draws his rapier and starts to run back down the alleyway. I follow, keeping at pace. Update. And as the two of you run down the alleyway, you cut back to the action at the tavern. As Nathaniel and Edmund go to deal with the supposed shadow creature, what awaits them? And what awaits the others? Find out next time on Tales of Meridian. This podcast was brought to you by me, Alex, in conjunctions with Visionaries Global Media and Matatat Productions.